Welcome back to the No Name Football Podcast. Jason McKee here, my co-host, perennial pro bowler, Bears all-time great, Mr. Olin Cruz, my man, brother. How you doing, man? I'm good, Jay, man. Man, we just got the box, yeah. uh, um, you know, in there with our guy Bob. Uh, always comes up. Met him in New Breed with Mark, yeah. you know, with Mark and those guys. And to me, obviously, I, I've said many times on this uh, podcast, New Breed and Niles is the number one oh, jiu-jitsu yeah. school to me. Uh, and then, you know, obviously they offer MMA and boxing. So if you want to, you know, if you, new, if you have a New Year's resolution yes. and you want to lose a little weight, uh, get into some martial arts, uh, meet a place with a great atmosphere, uh, family-like vibe in there, uh, led by a lot of good people, uh, check out New Breed in Niles. Miles, uh, they they are the real deal. Uh, obviously, we got all the kids in there right now. Yeah, they're boxing, they work, they punching working. each other after lifting weights. So uh, hopefully, they don't interrupt our podcast here. Yeah. Uh, we told them to walk out the back door and get the hell out of my gym. But uh, you never know with kids who are uh, uh, eighteen and nineteen, as you know, Jay. Matt, yeah. A lot of times they don't listen. But but good to get the young guys in there working out. Uh, a lot of them home from college, uh, Ball State, Dayton, Illinois, yeah. uh, all in there working hard, trying to get better. Young guys trying to get there. Uh, so. It's good to have that energy in the gym, J-Mac. It is. They're doing a great job, man. They all look good, doing good in school. Obviously, like you mentioned, some of them going to school. And it's just good to see, you know, these high school kids, especially after, you know, what we've gone through, what we're still going through, have opportunities to still go play college ball mm-hmm. and them continuing uh, to work at their goals. So it was great to see those guys. Haven't seen some of them in a while. Uh, extremely proud of them. Uh, in boxing, like you said, make sure you guys go check out New Breed. Uh, Brother O punched my beard off. I had <laughs> I had my beard done. They gave me an uppercut, so half my beard missing it was lying so get, nice yeah, i had to hit it a little bit yeah you get older you know if you get some grades you gotta put a little dye in there he knocked some of the dye out of my beard but it's, i still love him though he's uh, my guy uh, <laughs> brother man. talk bears man we yeah. i know we're gonna have yeah. uh, our guy a good friend of the program like we always say brad biggs will be on on the show we'll get his thoughts about the bears the coaching search the gm you know what he thinks about this game coming up against the giants and we'll talk bears and and let's talk quarterback first and you know i'm gonna start the funny thing is you know i'm gonna start with Right now, Nick Foles comes back. Mm-hmm. Big went up there in Seattle. Um, it's a great scene. It's snowing and everything. You know, Christmas. You know, Christmas just happened, and you get old Saint Nick's been on the bench all year. Everybody's complaining about how much money he's getting. He's a third quarterback, and what does he do? He's the same old Foles. He comes in, he gets his opportunity. And he makes the most of it. Mm-hmm. And granted, it's not just him. It took a team effort. But it was good to see uh, this Bears team battle and, and be resilient. You know, they showed some emotion. They showed some grit. They showed some passion. They showed what it is to be a Chicago Bear, uh, something that's been lacking, uh, you know, throughout pretty much this entire year. You know, we haven't always seen the passion there, guys playing hard. And that's what we saw. You know, that's what we saw. And I think that's what really propelled them to win the game. But, you know, talking about that, like, who do you who do you think? We don't know who's going to start a quarterback, mm-hmm. but who do you think should start at quarterback this week for the Bears? Well, I think it should be Justin Fields if mm-hmm. he is healthy, right? I think Justin Fields should start at quarterback just where the Bears are. Um, they're out of the playoffs. There's two two real different stories from that Seahawks game we just watched, right, J-Mac? Um, mm-hmm. You're really impressed with the way that team fought, right? Yes. Mooney, you know, last drive, I mean, fighting for, you know, the yards after the catch was huge for the Bears. They finally got it here yep. in week 16. Uh, you know, it, you, when you're watching the play, you've been waiting for that Montgomery. I mean, there's a run. He ran somebody over. He caught two out of the backfield on that last drive. Finally hit Jimmy Graham uh, against the Seahawks uh, 35th corner uh, that they used that year. But but you know, <laughs> the reason why they leave him alone out there on Jimmy Graham is, is up to Ken Norton Jr. It's not up to me, Jay, okay? Yeah. But um, so first of all, you come away impressed. I, I didn't think Foles played great, but he played about how 
you you'd expect him to play. He is a veteran quarterback. He's ready. He's ready to go. Yeah. Uh, throw him in there. He can operate an offense. He can read a blitz. He can get the ball out quickly. Uh, not put anybody in trouble. He's not real mobile, as you saw a couple times. Uh, they were lucky to jump on that fumble. I don't want to re- rehash the whole game. But as far as Foles and Dalton, here's my biggest problem, Jay. Mm-hmm. They should have a young quarterback on the roster that they've been developing since Ryan Pace got here, right? And that was my problem with Tyler Bray. That's my problem with Chase Daniel. Mm. That's my problem with having two veteran quarterbacks on your roster. You're not taking care of the future of the Chicago Bears, right? Mm. So they, I don't want, you don't want to take away from their win. And, and look, I'm, I'm, like you, Jay. When I watch the games, I'm screaming for a win. Man. Right. We want tired of watching losses. We, we've been I've been through years like this where, yeah. where you're bad. Uh, you know how much it means to the team to win. You saw Montgomery uh, get on the stage about after the game at the post game press conference talking about Coach Nagy talking about empty your cup, right? Yep. So and, and that's like you know. David Montgomery, man, we talked about identity of this football team. That's the kind of guy you yeah. want. You see him, he's in that room. Yeah. Uh, they're out of the playoffs. He's pumped up. The coach is talking to him. Yeah. That's the kind of guy you need, right, Jay? But um, far as who should start, Justin Fields is healthy. It should be him. I would take Foles over Dalton. I know the Bears won't. The Bears will yeah. probably, if you ask me who I think will start, it'll probably be Dalton if, mm. if Fields isn't healthy. Um who I, who I would want to start. I'd like to see Foles again yeah. in case I, I need him as my backup quarterback coming into next year. I've seen enough of Dalton. Yeah. I know what he is. Uh, the Bears, again, they struggle scoring a lot of points. Uh, 25, I think, was either the second most they had since the 27 or 25 in, in uh, Steelers. We'll check it before we get off this podcast. But um, he puts the ball in the end zone. Obviously, the Seahawks defense, not great, but they don't give up a lot of points. Uh, and they had injuries, COVID, and, and so did the Bears. But uh, that's my long-winded answer. The quarterback situation has bugged me for a while. Yeah, that makes sense. You made a great point, brother. You look at, all right, you draft Fields, and then obviously Andy Dalton's on a one-year deal. Nick Foles' status is up in there as well. You know, going into next year, this offseason, I mean, that is still going to be a position of need if you don't bring back Dalton or you don't bring back Foles. So then the only quarterback on your roster with legitimate experience is Justin Fields. You know, that's something that we haven't talked about. You know, we keep talking about the coaching search and, you know, obviously with Ryan Pace's status and uh, and uh, Matt Nagy's status, you know, wh- whether or not they'll be here. That's There's still a lot of position of need that needs to be filled. Like you mentioned, we can't score. <laughs> we can't score points. So you've got to find guys. you got to find some playmakers that can help you put the ball in the end zone. Obviously, Allen Robinson had a disappointing season. We don't know if that's the scheme or is it Allen Robinson. You know, it's it's hard to tell what it is. But for whatever reason, he hasn't been to Allen Robinson of old and he probably won't be here next year. Mm-hmm. So you still have to address that. A lot of different holes you need to fill. We're going to need a corner. You know, what are you going to do with Akeem Hicks? A lot of a lot of question marks the Bears have to fill in uh, this offseason on top of, you know, if if all else fails, if, if uh, Matt Nagy is not your head coach, you know, on top of that, who's going to be your coach? And who's going to be your GM and all those other questions? I mean, it's, it's a lot. The good thing is we're in a better situation than a lot of these teams. But the bad thing is Chicago fans still have to endure a season like this and mm-hmm. have to go through an offseason that's going to be a lot of drastic changes. Re- really strange to have a coach here for four years, have a general manager here for seven years, and be in this situation that mm-hmm. the Bears are in. They have a young quarterback who looks promising, but you can't say – 
we have our quarterback for sure 100% certain. A lot of us have liked what we saw from Justin Fields out there, especially in the 49ers game, in the Steel at the end of the Steelers game, uh, taking a step back since, you know, he played the Ravens. Don Wink, Martindale, very good defense quarter, confused mm-hmm. him a little bit for the first, I think he played two and a half quarters and then he got injured and then he was out. So it's kind of been up and down, yeah. uh, since, since then. So, uh, still kind of wondering there and, and real quick, J Mac, they did score a 27 and a 29 to 27 loss against the Steelers and then 25 with a 25 to 24 win against the Seahawks Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the most points they have scored this year so uh, Foles comes out there and the Bears problem like we've talked about many a times is scoring points Uh, the last 53 games okay since week 14 of 2018 now this is quick math by me so don't trust my math (laughs) if you're if you're into if you're into stats can can you redo this for me please because don't trust mine but uh, Jay 53 games, Mm -hmm. under 19 points a game. I'm sorry, under 20 points a game. They're at about 19 points a game. Uh, Coach Nagy, when you talk about why he should get fired, because parts of me, J-Mac, believe the Chicago Bears are up there trying to talk themselves into keeping Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, right? And at home, J-Mac, in 26 games, including the playoff game against Philadelphia, they're at under 18 points a game. The Chicago Bears. Now, that, that, that in today's NFL, that's almost impossible to do. And, yeah. and remember, Coach Nagy was brought here to fix the offense, yeah. right? And then they brought in, uh, they fired Heffrick, they fired Heastan, they fired Gilbride, the tight end coach. Yeah. They brought in Laser, they brought in DeFilippo, uh, they brought in Clancy Barone, they brought in Juan Castillo, they brought in all these guys, and the offense has not changed much, right? And they've yeah. rolled through quarterbacks. Uh, you know, it's, it's just been kind of, it's been really up and down. And when you talk about whether Coach Nagy will be here or not, um, that's the number one thing you should talk about, J-Mac. You should talk about just the offense. Not, nothing else that hasn't been fixed, they haven't won enough, and they haven't scored enough points. 26 total touchdowns, I think, this year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully my math is right on that as well. Uh, you know, if it's wrong, make sure you hit us up on Twitter and correct me. But mm-hmm. regardless, it's not enough, whatever the number is, but I'm pretty sure it's 26 total Offensive touchdowns this year, brutal, brutal. And when, and when you look at it, you know, everybody's talking about Matt Nagy and uh, Ryan Pace, and you look at, you know, Ryan Pace draft picks, right? And we can kind of go through the lineage of that, brother. Oh, um, you know, his first 2015, his first year here, his number one pick was Kevin White. Obviously, we know what happened there. Injuries didn't work out. Second pick, Eddie Goldman, worked out for the Bears, I would say. And also in that draft, in the fifth round, you drafted Adrian Amos, who's not even on your roster right now. He's playing for the Packers, brother. Oh. Right, you go to 2016. You draft Leonard Floyd, who's not with the team right now. Had his better his better years with the Rams. Uh, you the second round, you get Cody White here that worked out, and then you get Jordan Howard in the fifth round. I actually announced that pick down there mm-hmm. when the draft was here. That Jordan Howard pick. Jordan had a good career here, but he wasn't a fit for Matt Nagy's scheme. He wasn't a fit for Matt Nagy's offense. Obviously, Jordan Howard's in Philadelphia right now. That was that was the second year of. Uh, Ryan Pace's draft. All right, 2016, he drafts Mitch Trubisky. He drafts your favorite tight end brother, Adam Shaheen, in the second round. <laughs> in the fourth round, he got Eddie Jackson and Tariq Cohen, back-to-back picks. All right, those were pretty much the highlights of that round. Obviously, Adam Shaheen is not here. Mr. Trubisky is a backup in Buffalo. Tariq Cohen is injured. And Eddie Jackson got a big contract, and he's not the same guy. 
No, he's not. And and I, I've gone to, uh, you remember that movie, uh, the the Curious Case of Benjamin Button, yeah. with Brad Pitt. I've gone to uh, <laughs> when I study Ryan Pace, I call it the Curious Case of Ryan Pace, right? Because, I mean, the guys now, I mean, if if he's here next year. With people, we've heard some rumors, yeah. right? I, like I said, I, even with Coach Nagy, right, I think they're trying to talk themselves into keeping these two guys, right? The Bears are. So um, he'll be on his second first-round quarterback. He'll be on his third coach if he decides yep. to let Coach Nagy go. Um, I Nice guys don't finish last, J-Mag, man. You can, you can hold on to your job at Hallis Hall <laughs> if you just get along <laughs> with Ted Phillips, George McCaskey, and Scott Hagel, right? Because they're going to convince themselves. Oh, we man. need to remember, no, no one can guarantee me what these Chicago Bears are about to do because yeah. remember the end of last year's season, the end of the press, the end, the end of the year press conference. Remember what Ted Phillips said. We don't have the wins. We don't have the quarterback, but everything else is in place, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, to me, he doesn't think the problem is the coaching or the general manager or the scouting or everything that's going on in that building. So now if you, they could come out this year, J-Mac, and say, look, we got the quarterback. We just got to get the wins, right? Yeah. And if, you, if they're doing their math the same way they did their math last year, you can't convince mm. me that they're about to move on mm. from this group. So until I see it, I don't believe it because – you put those guys in a room, J-Mac, and they discuss what's actually wrong with Hallisall, they cannot come up with the answer. You want to know why? They would have to put the why mirror in the room, <laughs> right? And say, and yeah. instead of, yeah. in, in front of it, don't put the why in front of the, in front of the mirror for Ted Phillips and George McCaskey and Scott Hagel, mm-hmm. put the reason we don't win at Hallis Hall. Mm-hmm. Put that big in front of the mirror, mm-hmm. right? Because it's your decisions. Your, it's your standard. It's your culture. Mm-hmm. They told you what their standard is. They told you what their culture is last year when they came out and made the comments they made at the end of the year of the press conference, right? Yeah. And if you look at the way the team was put together, if you look at the way the team was built, if you expected different results, they brought in Andy Dalton. I mean, I, I, I'm not. And, 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 got, and, and, and you can say they got lucky with Fields, just how the draft fell. You know, imagine right. if you didn't have Justin Fields. Justin Fields. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm nothing is going to surprise me here in Chicago. As if any as Bears fans, I can. And I don't want to speak for you, but as we've seen, you know, nothing is going to surprise you. You know, hopefully the Bears make the right decision. Uh, obviously, hey coach, there's a lot of things that that need to be cleaned up. I mean, I, I think we've had enough of seeing you know, in ineptness, if that's a word, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. The misuse of timeouts, you know, the bad play calling, especially in the red zone. We saw last week. I mean, you get right there on the goal line and, you know, your first trip down in the red zone, instead of handing the ball off to Dave Montgomery, you don't, you don't. And you come away with what? Where they get a field goal or they didn't get no points. I think it was the first drive. Then they came back and you finally hand the ball off to Montgomery and he gets in for a touchdown. Like it's just, it's just things like that. You know what I mean, brother? Where you say that there's no identity. You know, where is the accountability? You know, what type of team are we? You know, I think a lot of the players don't even know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and look, when you talk about I, the thing that represents, one of the things that represents to me maybe everything that's wrong in Hallisall, okay? Uh, this year, the Bears have 12 total takeaways, I think, okay? They're minus 13 in a turnover uh, uh, ratio and they're 30th in the NFL. Okay, the only two teams with less takeaways are the Ravens and the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. 
remember in the off season, right? I, I found a picture of it because I think this is I found this on I think Pat Finley's uh, Twitter page or, or somewhere, and Pat Finley writes for the Sun Times. And it was called the takeaway bucket. You remember the takeaway bucket? Yeah. And they put a basket on it. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. And they were and, and Coach Nagy <laughs> was talking about in the offseason, uh, he said he wanted turnovers from the defense. Uh, when these guys one of his quotes was when these guys go to bed at night, just think about intercepting the football, stripping the football, be crazy about it wherever you go, right? And they said that Coach Nagy almost had a maniacal look. That's the way the, I think it was Dan Weeder, I, I read that from, from the Tribune. That's the way he described Coach Nagy talking about takeaways and turnovers or whatever you want to call it. Right. Here's my problem, J-Man. You don't know what you are if that completely stops. Like all of a sudden, they are this takeaway team, right? Where they got right. takeaway buckets. The head coach is talking about takeaways. Right. We need takeaways. I haven't heard a word about it, right? I haven't so, seen it. So what I'm saying is at Hallis Hall, and a takeaway bucket is just an example for me because at Hallis Hall, they don't know what they want to be. They don't know what their philosophy is. That starts from the top. That starts from George McCassie. He doesn't know what kind of football team he wants mm-hmm. at all. In his mind, when he pitches way in the Super Bowl, he doesn't know what kind of football team he wants on the field. Now the head coach, he tells you in August and July, we want takeaways. That's the number one thing I want my defense to be known for. J-Map, even if you're not getting takeaways – you still preach it. Yeah. If that's what, preach if that's what you believe in, yeah. you preach and you practice and you keep the takeaway bucket on the field. Yep. Yeah, especially if you're a coach, you, you are the standard. And if you're not living that standard day to, on a day-to-day basis or if you're not implementing that standard on a day-to-day basis with your players and with your staff and with your coaches within that organization, well, then it's all fool's gold. It's all talk. And as we see, how many takeaways you said, brother? 12? 12. 12 takeaways. They had 12. Uh, they have 12 this year. Uh, 2018, they led the league. They had 36 takeaways, okay? Uh, 2019, they had 19. And 2020, they had 18. So they've been progressively getting worse at taking the ball away. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, w- I wonder what the over-under is on if, on if uh, <laughs> uh, Coach Nagy will be here next year. That's going to be, uh, yeah, no, be I, inter- I, interesting. I, I, yeah. I, you would imagine the way things sound, the way things look, that they are moving on from Coach yeah. Nagy, right? And and uh, there's that discussion, Jay Mack, and we'll talk to Biggs about it. I wonder what you think about it, whether they should be interviewing coaches, right? Whether yeah. – um, they have a, this two week window now. The NFL has changed the rule, right? Mm. Uh, do you, what do you think they should move on from Coach Nagy already and take a look at uh, the other coaches out there? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think you have enough of a, of a sample size of of what you are under Coach Nagy. Mm-hmm which is obviously inconsistent. Uh, Coach Nagy is 33-30 and 30 in terms of wins. He's 0-2 in the postseason. Uh, obviously, in 2018, he was the coach of the year. But it's just like I mentioned previously, brother, it's the, the misuse of, of timeouts and the, dip, and the play calling and the offense and the development is huge for me, you know, in terms of him. Like, where has the development have taken place? You know, yeah, Mitch couldn't develop him. Justin lands in your lap. You have all offseason to develop a scheme that fits his talents, fits his abilities. And to me, you haven't look done at, that. Look at the wide receivers. Yeah, exactly. Allen Robinson's it. gotten worse. Right. Allen, he's right. gotten worse. I mean, it's, it's you know, that's the thing. It's the development. And when you look at these teams around the league, brother, the teams that have sustained success, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I hate to say it, and I hate to bring up the Packers. I really do. I hate to bring it up. But you look at that team, right? They're one of the organizations that usually pick towards the end of the draft every year, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's always somebody every year 
on their roster who's been on that roster that nobody knows about that steps up and makes plays. Look at Valdez Scantling. Mm-hmm. Look at Alan Lazard. I mean, well, every look, single look, look, every look at their offensive line. Yeah, exactly. The offensive line is ravaged with injuries. Now, now, obviously, having a great quarterback who yeah, gets it, the ball out quickly, right. it, helps. it helps. We all know that. Yeah. So you take a look at, okay, J Mac, we talked about the wide receivers. Just, just an example. We, we can go through almost every position as we talk about development, not only of players, but when you are, um, a head coach, you have to develop coaches also, right? So yeah. uh, you talk about Riley Ridley, right? Uh, a 2019 fourth round pick. Yep. You talk about Anthony Miller, a 2018 second round pick, Gone. right? Javon Wims, right? These guys, Gone. you know, Darnell Mooney is is, is playing well, but uh, those are Tariq Cohn, right? Since you paid him, where has he been? Why hasn't why haven't we figured out how to get this guy healthy? We heard about his hip injury uh, before he blew his knee out against the Falcons in 2020. I think that was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he had a big punt return right before that. But you got to get these young guys on the field. You got to get them healthy. And you know one thing that pissed me off, J Mac, that I want to talk to you about was the way they and I want to ask Biggs about later Brad Biggs is the way they played the young guys yeah just just a couple positions right yeah. uh, the fact that you would start Jermaine Effetti and make him captain over Larry Borum right. Larry Borum if you ask me not only it has he had a decent year, he's better than Jermaine Effetti right, right now. So I'm going to play him. And Jermaine Effetti didn't have a great game against the Seahawks. We gave pressures, uh, had a false start, uh, but, but played his normal game. Right? I, I don't want to like pile on Jermaine Effetti. I just think for what he offers you, you have no reason not to play Larry Borum. Now, Tevin Jenkins uh, uh, gets injured, and Borum goes to left tackle, shows you he can play there too pretty well. I mean, he gave us some pressures, but uh, uh, this Larry Borum guy, if he can stay healthy and keep developing, again, we talk about developing, uh, it can be a pretty good player. And then when you talk about uh, not playing Thomas Graham for Kendall Vildor. Now, look, listen, I mean, um, <laughs> Thomas Graham, DK Metcalf beats him. Sometimes I think about okay should was Eddie Jackson supposed to be over there it looked like he thought he had help and Eddie Jackson got there late I don't know I don't know much about we can ask Matt Bowen on that question but uh, what do you think about their two decisions there uh, late in this year out of the playoffs not to play young guys yeah it's weird it makes you wonder you know are they trying to preserve their young guys from injury so that way they have them in the offseason or you know it just doesn't make sense and I feel like if you're a young guy you gotta play in order to develop and that's the big question mark I have with with Nagy the whole time we keep talking about development and the only way you get better right is getting that in-game experience but also just getting you know coached up and developed in the offseason what going back watching the film learning from your mistakes and if you don't have film to watch well then how do you know what you need to work on in offseason in a game type and uh, a game type environment you know that's the only way that you can get better in this league and you know it, it, it's hard to say do you have uh, uh, the right coaches and the staff in place to develop I mean obviously we went through that list of guys you talk about Cohen and all these guys who you know have not necessarily been developed and, and, and it's sad and if you want to get ahead in this league there's only so many draft picks there's almost so, so much cap space that you have and only so many free agents you can bring in. You have to understand how to get the most out of your roster with what you have. So what does that mean? You have to develop guys. Yeah, you got to hit on some guys in the draft. You got to have some undrafted guys that you have to hit on. But the key thing is continuing to develop. Develop as coaches, develop as an organization, to develop as players. The overall key is development. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, Brother O. You talked about 
that, that even goes beyond just the, just players and the coach. Mm-hmm. That goes that goes to the to the to the to the trainers. It goes to the like you said the cooks. I mean everything. Everybody plays a part in having a, a successful team. And if you and if you have something that's lacking, well, it's going to show up. If you're not meeting the proper nutrition, whether your players aren't going to perform at peak performance, mm-hmm. it's development all the way around. And I think when you find a head coach, that has to be something that the Bears take into account that has a, a, a high, high emphasis with, with that new coach coming in. You know, what is his thoughts on development? What is his plan to development? What is he going to do to really bring about, uh, you know, development in this organization? Yeah, your first question is, well, what what is the standard you hold everybody to in the building, right? Uh, what what is your philosophy? What do you believe in? Uh, who's helping the players develop mm-hmm. that we draft? And that starts, you know, obviously the weight room, nutrition. Yep. Uh, what's your plan to keep them playing at a high level? So, uh, you know, we don't have a guy like Terry Cohen missing three years again, right? Yeah. We don't have let's say watching James Daniels uh, at right guard regress in his pass pro here, yeah. right? I watched him regress. I uh, got beat a few times against the Seahawks against guys who would never beat him before uh, not using his hands well and that's skill now skill can be a lot of things right skill can be uh, you're losing strength you have an injury somewhere uh, you're not setting the same you're not throwing your hands because your elbow is sore yeah. all these things go into play but I need to know from the coach what's your plan to keep these players playing at a high level uh, what's your plan to put these players from what I've seen from the last four years from this staff in the best position to succeed right mm-hmm. how do you do how are you going to develop not only Justin Fields, how you can develop Jalen Johnson, how you can develop Roquan Smith, because here's a dirty little secret people don't like to talk about. In 2005 and 2006, when we talk about, well, the years you guys won there, your guys' teams, people ask with Lovey Smith and, mm-hmm. and all of us there, how did you guys overcome what would be almost the same standard, the same culture that was in that building? This, almost the same people, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you have a first ballot Hall of Famer. And Brian Arlacher, okay? And then you have a guy right now who's a finalist. Devin Hester needs yeah. to be in the Hall of Fame. Now, Definitely. Devin Hester Definitely. is the best to ever do it. Uh, uh, the most electric guy I've ever stood on a football field with. When Superman used to hit, oh, J-Man, I used boy. to yeah. go nuts, man, because <laughs> yeah. you knew this guy could go to the house at any time. Uh, I'd never yeah. seen a guy put strike fear into another team, change game plans, change the whole game, change the way the football game is played yeah. like Devin Hester. Uh, I'm a huge fan is obviously to me he should be in the Hall of Fame yesterday that's how good this guy is uh, I see his son out there is about the same sorry one yeah. of my Devin Hester rant but I'm a huge fan as you but, know Jay yeah. but those when you have players of that caliber of that level um, you can overcome a lot of things right Brian Erlacher is not just a linebacker right. he's a first ballot Hall of Fame linebacker okay so here's what I'm saying when I look at this Bears roster mm-hmm. I don't know if I see a guy like that. I don't know if I see guys who are going to be finalists, first battle hall. You know, Khalil Mack was ha- is having a good year. He's got to put more numbers up. He's got to dominate a little more, more consistently. Uh, he, he is the one guy you kind of think about, right? Like, right? Okay. But who else? You know, Lance Briggs, Peanut Tillman. I mean, right. these guys eventually, Peanut's going to be, he changed the whole game. Changed the whole game with the Peanut Punch, right? Yeah. He's eventually, people are going to talk about him. Lance Briggs was, Lance Briggs was an absolute missile. Yep. You know, absolute missile. Took your head off. Anyway, what I'm saying is that sometimes, uh, the players can overcome the culture and, yep. and, and, and the philosophy in the building. Now, Lovey Smith, no matter if you agree with him or not, he had a philosophy he believed in. Right. 
he preached the same thing every day, Jay. Yeah, and, and, and your point, brother, you look back at those teams and it's you had the players that understood what the culture was, what the standard was, and what the identity is. And regardless, you know, there's not a lot of teams that's going to have uh, first battle Hall of Famers on their team. But a lot of these teams understand what the culture is. They understand what the expectation is when they walk in that building on a day-to-day basis. And it's not just coaches speak where you're announcing it, you know, in the offseason in January, but it's not followed through through the end of the season or week 17, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the season. And, and, and even to your point, you know, you look at, you know, teams like that, you have un- selfish players players that just want to win you know players that just you know you had how many starters on special teams helping Devin you know block right. for Devin helping him return kicks and stuff like that and I think that's the starters difference starters like you you mean yeah no no no, no. I mean, <laughs> starters like you leading the way no no, no 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 I'm just saying it. I was just on I was on kickoff return you know I said hey I said hey you know what Taking me off offense, but you're not taking me off no, kickoff no, no. return. There's a lot of money to be made. <laughs> a lot of money to yeah. be made, but that's another story. That's but another uh, story. but that's what I mean, brother. You you don't you know how many guys understand what the standard is mm-hmm. that walk in that building on a day to day basis, you know, and that's something that that we haven't seen. I think that's one of the one one of the many issues that we're seeing right here, right now with this organization. Well, well, it's hard to understand the standard when the, when the people in charge don't know what the standard is. When people don't exactly. know uh, what is required. A, a great coach one time, I heard him give a speech, and he said, um, <laughs> I, I died laughing when he said, Jay, man, he said, the worst thing he hears in sports is, I did my best. I do my best. <laughs> do your best. Oh, but he did his best. He said, no. do what's effing required. Yes. Right? Because you're in professional sports now, right? Yes. And I know uh, we're way on. This is the thing that, that the Bears... I think in their building need to be talking about, need to be talking about right now because, um, they have, they've won one playoff game in the last 10 or 11 years, right? In 2010, beat the Seattle Seahawks at Soldier Field. Uh, since then, no playoffs wins, mm. no playoff wins. Uh, eventually mm. you have to admit that what you're doing, uh, is not working, right? It's, it's, it's not working. Um, so, so they have to change something. I was just doing some math here, Jay Mack. I was thinking about with the Bears playing the Giants this week. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 two big market teams, right? The the New York and um, the Chicago Bears, mm-hmm. the, the Jets and the Giants, right? They're combined now, thirteen and thirty two. Mm. Man, I mean, can we get some wins? <laughs> can the two teams get some wins? But anyway, Jay Mack, man, uh, we got to get to Brad Biggs here. Uh, we'll, we'll get to him real quick. Looking for a taste of the islands? Look no further than No Foods. That's NOH Foods of Hawaii. No Foods was developed to reflect the many international cultures and races of the islands. Hawaiian, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, Portuguese, Filipino, and more. Known for the wide variety of delicious seasoning and sauces. The products of No Foods can make anyone a master chef in their own kitchen. Easy to prepare and delicious in flavor are the hallmarks of No Foods. Again, that's NOH of Hawaii. This is like Chinese beef broccoli, Korean barbecue, Filipino adobo, Hawaiian Kahlua pork, and many, many more. Don't forget about the refreshing and very popular Hawaiian iced tea, sweetened with raw cane sugar and just the right touch of lemon. You can find NOH Foods online at Amazon.com and NOHfoods.com, also in many stores and supermarkets. As we say in the islands, 
say yes to no. Aloha. All right, J-Mag, we got a guy who's basically our third partner now on the No Name uh, Football Podcast. He's a contributor at 670 to score. Um, he's a writer for the Tribune. He's become a good friend, sometimes a, a mentor in this journalist business oh, yeah. that we are navigating. Uh, Brad Biggs, what's up, man? Happy New Year, guys. How are you? Good. Happy New Year, Biggs, man. Um, I know it's a holiday season, man, and as usual, when we have you on our show, obviously we talk football, but you're a barbecue connoisseur, so I always like to get your insight. I know it's cold outside, Biggs. I know it's going to be a cold one on Sunday down in Soldier Field, but what have you been putting on the grill during this holiday season, man? What, what do you got for us today? Well, I'm going to keep it simple tonight with some mm. uh, burgers and sausage, mm. but... Uh, mm. Right before Christmas, I had a uh, Snake River Farms brisket that knocked it out of the park, mm. and I uh, was able to freeze enough left over, so there'll be some uh, some brisket chili here in the uh, mm. uh, c- coming weeks. That'll that'll be happening, and uh, I don't know. You know, I got to wait till the end of the till the season winds down to start using it a little bit more. Uh, regularly. So, two questions to follow up on J Mass question. With the brisket, did Doctor Barbecue uh, help you with that? And I saw that on your Instagram, you you got to stop by there when the, uh, the Bears went to play Tampa Bay. And also tonight with the burgers and New Year's Eve, bringing a new year. What are you drinking with that? Mm. Oh, I, I probably just probably just some ice water. I gotta. Uh, I got you. <laughs> I, I gotta. I gotta I gotta watch what I'm at. and 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 tonight's the night for amateurs, so I'm just gonna be uh, chilling out, mm-hmm. uh, watching a little college football. But yeah, Doctor Barbecue always uh, always take his advice, uh, and uh, he's got a uh, he's got a restaurant down in Tampa. It's actually it's across the street from where the uh, Tampa Bay Rays play, and uh, so if anybody's ever going down there to see the White Sox or anything, it, it uh, I mean. They knock it out of the park, and he's got this smoked pastrami that mm. uh, is, is out of this world. So, mm. um, man, I'm over here drooling. My micro- <laughs> microphone's wet over here, man. Golly, yeah. man. I'm slacking, yeah, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and, and, and Dr. Barbecue's a, uh, a huge Bears fan, as I've told you guys before. Uh, Chicago born yeah. and raised. Uh, just, a, just a real special guy. Man, I've, I've been I've been trying to do good, Bigs. I've, I've been telling Olin I'm I'm trying to follow him and, and, and trying to lose some weight and get on this diet, man. And and you're talking about brisket and all this stuff. I'm gonna have some barbecue celery tonight, probably <laughs> some dried cranberries or something like that, man. But uh, yeah, before we start talking bears, Bigs, I want to let's talk about the uh, college football playoffs. Um, you got Alabama facing off against Cincinnati today, as well as Georgia and Michigan. Uh, what is your thoughts in the first game, um, Alabama and Cincinnati? Well, I, you know, it's, to me, it's really interesting because you've got an undefeated Cincinnati team who has has passed every test that it's that it's faced this season. Now, can the Bearcats make the big uh, step up in class? And and Alabama does have some injuries, uh, but has been playing better lately. Of course, uh, handling uh, you know handling Georgia in that uh, SEC championship game. So, you know, I would think Alabama would win this and and maybe win it by about 10 points or so. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing, Mm -hmm. you you listen to the odds makers talk, and and we've known these matchups for weeks now. The the line opened at, I believe, 13.5 for the Crimson Tide. 
with a lot of people expecting it to climb and it hasn't moved. It, it has not moved off that number. So, so clearly uh, there's enough people or, or enough uh, money coming in on the Bearcats to, to hold that at 13 and a half. So I, I think that's interesting. Then you, you talk about the, uh, the second game with Georgia and Michigan and Michigan played uh, so well down the stretch it, how's how's Georgia going to respond after you know falling on its face in the SEC championship game? That that's the huge question to me. And can Michigan uh, run the football against that Bulldogs defense? If Michigan can't run the football, that game could get out of hand mm-hmm. for the Wolverines. Um, you know, I'm I'm just hoping that uh, that we get some competitive games into the second half. You know. Too often, you, you get geared up for these uh, for this night because you, you're looking at your support two great games, and then you just see these runaway blowouts, and it's kind of uh, kind of deflating. I know a couple years ago, the Bears. It seems like almost every year, guys, they either close out the season or in the second to final game, they're up in Minnesota, and of course, that's the case again this year. They'll, they'll head to Minneapolis next week, and. So I've I've been up there with a uh, with a friend who uh, actually covers uh, baseball in in Minnesota and he's a columnist now but he's a Chicago guy and a Bears fan so we'll get together and uh, have some cigars and we've had uh, the schedules worked out so we'll go out and watch these semifinal uh, college games and you know we want to see these great games we got some cigars a couple of drinks we're gonna have a great time and then the games you, they're just like unwatchable because they're just total blowouts. So I'm hopeful we'll get to see some close football tonight. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know what you guys think, but after all the years of watching, you hear about how great Georgia's defense is. I think giving up under 10 points a game and in Michigan under, I think they're like 16.5 or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And then you like these bowl games, all of a sudden, they'll say that all week and it'll turn into a shootout. Oh, so I, I might check the over uh, today on the Georgia and um, Michigan game, but but I know the defenses are really good. But I just I, I, so many times you've heard that, and then it, it turns into a high scoring game. Hey, Biggs, um, getting to the the Bears a little bit, but I want to ask you a little bit of a different question because I know a lot of people talked about the Bears may trade for Russell Wilson. I know they were saying that. Three one, three ones, and a three, and all that kind of rumors are going around the all season. Man, when you watched him this past week, to me, especially in the fourth quarter, like he basically lost that game. I wonder what you thought about him and what they've surrounded him with, uh, as far as their offensive staff there in Seattle. Yeah, you know it's it's been it's been interesting to kind of watch from a distance what's happened with the Seahawks this year. They uh, changed offensive coordinators in the off season and uh, they, they wanted to kind of go with, with that Sean McVay model offensively. And I, and I just don't know how Russell has sort of fit into that scheme and how it's allowed him to use some of his playmakers, especially uh, a guy like DK Metcalf. And then you throw in that thumb injury that he had in the middle of the season that I believe knocked him out of three games of memory serves me correct and and I don't know that he's a hundred percent since returning from that injury I think they've got some pretty well documented issues on the offensive line mm-hmm. uh, protecting him 
their ability to run the ball seems hit or miss. And so uh, a lot of factors have kind of contributed to a really poor season for the Seahawks, which is out of character. Uh, Pete Carroll hasn't had a losing season there, I want to say, since 2011 or 2012. Like It was the year before Russell Wilson arrived. So, yeah, really disappointing uh, for, for Seahawks fans this season, and it just it just hasn't clicked. Sometimes you change offenses and it takes a little bit of time. But um, it's like they're still trying to sort it out and, and now trying to accomplish that with Wilson maybe not being 100% after coming back from that surgery on his thumb. Biggs, teams were allowed to start uh, interviewing coaching candidates uh, on Monday. Obviously, the Bears retained Nagy. Uh, we're not sure what the status is. Obviously, he'll be, be here uh, throughout the end of the season. Uh, who are some of the candidates out there that you can see the Bears you know, if anything happens, that could that could be a fit here in Chicago as a head coach. Or what do you think we need in terms of a head coach here in Chicago? Well, I, you know, you you look at you look at the roster right now, and you say, well, they've got to they've got to come up with a guy who can who can make it work with Justin Fields, or, or some people say that, and that'll be the first thing that sort of pops into their mind. But I, I think before you start asking yourself that question. You, you need to try to identify who's going to be the best leader for your entire football team. You, you can't just focus on bringing in some guy with because he's got experience in a certain playbook or in a certain scheme uh, because I, I, I think that's just short-sighted. You need a leader that can really transform this football team and, and can outline a vision for how that's going to be done and a philosophy that's going to be put in place and, and then talk about schemes that are going to be run on both sides of the ball and, and how the personnel currently in place may or may not fit in some instances what's going on. So, you know, who are the, who are the guys that are going to check those boxes? I mean, there's a, a lot of, a lot of people out there, you know, do you want to look at, um, first-time head coaches, guys that have not been in the role before. Uh, Byron Leftwich is a name that's out there. Brian Dable, um, you know, those are guys that have been coordinators. Um, and Nathaniel Hackett in Green Bay, I, I think he's going to get some um, momentum this offseason. Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator of the Giants. Uh, Gerard Mayo, I think he's the linebacker coach. Uh, for the Patriots, and, and then you've got uh, a lot of guys who've, who've had opportunities before, and maybe you look at them and you say, hey, can they be better off in their second chance? I think Josh McDaniels uh, is going to be at the top of that list. So who will the Bears target? I, you know, I think everybody expects Matt Nagy to be fired at the end of the season, but, and then you've got to figure out what George McCaskey wants to do uh, with his football operation as a whole, who will be directing uh, a coaching search, but you would expect them to have a, a cast a wide net early on. And, and some people, you, you bring up that early window to start interviewing coaches, and I, some people have wondered about that, and maybe why haven't the Bears gotten involved. Jacksonville's the only team in that process right now. 
And and that's a franchise in just complete disarray. The Jaguars are going to have the number one overall pick for the second year in a row. Um, it, it is a complete mess there. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't worry if I was a Bears fan up, about Chicago potentially falling behind Jacksonville in this process. I don't. I, people are going to talk to Jacksonville, no question about it. Uh, it'll be a, a, a attractive landing spot for somebody, but it's not like you're going to necessarily be losing out on the best candidate because you waited until uh, Monday, January 10th to launch into your uh, own coaching search. You know, Biggs, I've heard you talk about that on the score, and one question I want to throw at you, I have two here, but the one I was thinking about was the reason I, I wouldn't be so concerned about finding a coach. I just kind of want to see the offense without Coach Nagy in the building. You know what I mean by that? Like the last two games, I kind of want to see someone else run it. And then I can get a little better look at what my problems actually were or are. Is it the coaching staff? Is it the scheme? Are there other ideas that can put the ball in the end zone more often? I just want to see my team without Coach Nagy, and then I'll get a clearer view of where I am. Just kind of want to know what you thought about that. And then secondly, to your point about the Jaguars, right, and and that organization and how bad it is, I was thinking about the Bears' last three coaches – Tressman, Fox, and now Nagy, and their reputation around the league now and getting a job. How attractive do you think this Bears job is now? Because when people look at it, uh, it's been a career killer. Yeah, well, that it has uh, in the last uh, decade or so anyway. The one big thing the Bears have going for themselves is the market. You know, people want to come to Chicago and, and work in Chicago. You've, uh, you've generally got patient ownership, and I think that's something that coaches evaluate. You've got an ownership group that is going to uh, supply the resources you need to have success. You've, you've got a detailed plan for George McCaskey. Here's what we want to do. Here's what it's going to take to execute this plan, and here's why it's important. But when, when you can outline um, your your vision he's going to write the check uh to to make that happen for you they've they've expanded the facilities they've got one of the nicest facilities in the league now so a lot of that's going well for the bears and would be in the bears favor i think then you have to say okay well how how's the coach feel about the quarterback and there'll probably be guys out there who are excited uh about an opportunity to work with justin fields based off of uh, his college career at Ohio State, knowing that he's got a year of experience under his belt. And then there's others that might pause a minute and say, well, why why has he struggled so mightily uh, this season? Is there, is there something going on here? Can I get it uh, fixed with him? But I think the Bears, you know, you look, Las Vegas is going to need a coach, right? They've got to replace uh, John Gruden, and, and I, it kind of looks unlikely that they'll keep their interim guy, Rich Basaccia, uh, special teams coordinator, uh, in that role. So the Raiders will be in the hunt for a coach. I, you know, I don't see why the Bears aren't a better option than Jacksonville or Las Vegas. Houston uh, could potentially move on from David Culley. He could he could be one and done with the Texans. That's another club in, in total uh, disarray right now. That's a terrible. Uh, roster, so I so I would put the Bears a, ahead of uh, the Texans as well. So it, it, we could have a surprise opening or two 
in the next couple weeks. But I think the Bears overall will stack up pretty well when you consider uh, other potential openings. But it's an important question you asked, and it's certainly one that uh, these candidates, these guys that are going to get interviews with multiple teams are going to consider uh, in way as they uh, sort of plot their own future what what job might be best for me as a, as a head coach. Biggs, I want to talk about the game a little bit this week against the Giants. Obviously, uh, St. Nick got us a win, came back. Uh, Nick Foles came back and won that game. Who, who's going to be under center this week? Obviously, Nick Foles has been practicing. I heard Andy Dalton's been back. I know Justin Fields is still banged up. Uh, who, who do you think will be under center for the Bears this Sunday? Instinct tells me Andy Dalton will get the start. He's been a full participant in practice uh, so far this week, coming off the uh, groin injury that sidelined him a week ago at, at Seattle Fields has been limited with that ankle. And the thing that I think probably clued most people in on the decision process this week is Matt Nagy said on Wednesday that Justin Fields needed to be extremely healthy uh, before he gets back on the field. When, when he used those two words, that kind of sent my antenna up as, uh, you, you know, this, uh, this means he's probably – not going to, uh, to to play this week. So I, so I think it's going to be Dalton, even though Foles, uh, 250 yards, no turnovers, uh, leads them to the win at Seattle. Hey, uh, Biggs, a lot of interesting decisions, I thought. Not a lot, a, a few interesting decisions on who. Decisions on who. Who's what is that there? An echo there. On who they played. Um, you know, like Effetti over Borum, uh, starting Kendall Vildor over Thomas Graham. Uh, first of all, what do you think about those decisions on, on why they didn't go young, uh, why they're not playing the young kids to develop them, and, and what do you think they'll do this week? Well, I, the one thing that, that nobody mentioned last week, guys, mm-hmm. that, that possibly uh, was a factor in the decision for Effetti to start that game at right tackle with Larry Borum on the sideline before Tevin Jenkins got hurt is that Borum had come off the COVID list earlier that week. So possibly it was a situation where Larry was, was good enough to dress, but maybe wasn't quite a hundred percent. You know, it could be uh, not unlike a guy coming off, uh, say a shoulder or ankle injury where uh, he's in a position where he can go out there and play, but he's not, a hundred percent. And so I, I wonder if maybe, uh, that was some part of the decision. Of course, if Fetty, uh, was, was preparing to play against the, the team that drafted him in the first round, uh, the Seahawks. So maybe they thought they'd get some extra juice from him, uh, as the right tackle. Uh, perhaps they head back to Larry Borum at, at right tackle this week. And, uh, Tevin Jenkins, who was knocked out of the game in the first quarter, uh, has been a full participant in practice all week. So he, he's probably the option at left tackle uh, with Jason Peters being limited uh, in practice, uh, trying to work his way back from a high ankle sprain. And, he, you know, Borum, we're going to get to the end of the season, and Borum's going to have, if you look at it right now and Larry plays this week, and let's say Larry plays next week, um, he's right at – uh, about 49% in terms of playtime uh, for the season so far as a rookie. So if he plays these next two games, guys, he'll be uh, probably above 55% for the season. So you're going to have a lot of tape to look at for Larry Borum. He's going to have plenty of experience, stuff that, you know, he can, he can realize, hey, here are, here are two or three areas I really need to work on 
going into year two if I want to have a chance to to really improve and solidify my position uh, on this team. And, and in the secondary, uh, I think we'll see more Thomas Graham. You know, they rotated the three of those guys, Kendall Vildor, Graham, and Artie Burns uh, against the Seahawks. They, they had almost equal playing time uh, in that game. So I'd certainly expect to see more of Graham uh, here as they, as they try to get a better handle on what they've got in some of these young guys looking ahead to 2022. Biggs, I know a lot of people have been talking about, you know, obviously coaching change and stuff like that uh, postseason. Uh, what are some of the positions of need that the Bears may be looking at this offseason or things that we need to address and uh, kind of bolster up uh, for uh, this offseason? Well, when you when you look at rosters, you, you, you try to break them down. And, and I talk to people around the league about that year round, you know, just to try to get opinions and and what do you look at when, when you're building a team and, and how do you, how do you judge a team's strengths? And, and I actually had a conversation with a guy uh, that works with another team last night about that. And he talked about looking at the edges, both on offense uh, and defense. And, and so you start with the bears on offense and, and there's a critical uh, lack of playmakers uh, mm-hmm. on the outside we, we all know that Allen Robinson's likely headed elsewhere in free agency. The Bears have 26 offensive touchdowns this year. Mm. Uh, they're 28th in the league uh, in scoring. They're, they're barely better uh, than the Giants, who've been a wreck on offense. So, so on the edges on offense, they've got to get better. Uh, on the edges of the offensive line, I think you've got big question marks uh, there because you, you, you need to kind of – Figure out what you've got in Larry Borum, and those are decisions that will have to be made by the people in charge of uh, the roster and coaching going into next year. And I, I don't think you'll really have any idea of what you've got in Tevin Jenkins because he will not have played enough this season coming off of that uh, back surgery. And then you go to the other side of the ball, and you've got uh, two nice edge rushers, but they're both over the age of 30. Uh, so that you know, is, a, is a bit of an issue, the age. You look at the cornerbacks, and I think you, they feel really good about Jalen Johnson, and for good reason. And then you've got uh, a real need at that other cornerback spot. I'm not saying the young guys they currently have can't compete, but I think they've got to be um, a little more aggressive in terms of adding competition at that opposite spot next year. And and they need an upgrade at the nickel position. I believe everyone would agree with that. So. There's a there's a lot of boxes that need to be filled there on both sides of the ball when, when you project ahead, and we're not even talking about uh, stuff on the interior on, on either side of the ball either. Yeah, so the Bears, you're saying they have a roster problem, a coaching problem, and a front office problem. <laughs> I'm shocked that this year has not been good at all, Biggs. Uh, I, I want to – last one for me. It's funny because everybody keeps talking about uh, the Bears' secondary, and, and they have had a lot of problems this year, obviously, uh, giving up big plays especially. But uh, they give up 170 yards rushing against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, that D-line uh, with Eddie Goldman, uh, you know, I think he makes $10 million a year, not looking really strong. I haven't seen Akeem Hicks' status for this week yet. Uh, I know uh, the, Tonga has been a, a pleasant surprise for them, but I know that front seven was a strength of theirs. Uh, they haven't been stopping to run a lot. They, obviously, Quinn is just a terror on the edge, but uh, what do you see from that front seven? And, and should we worry about this bear stopping the run if Akeem Hicks is not in the building next year? 
Yeah, well, you, you've got Akeem Hicks is going to be a free agent. Allow Nichols is going to be a free agent. Mm. And Eddie Goldman's cap number is over $11 million for next year. I don't think, based on what Eddie's put on tape this year, you can have him back without a, a, a modification to his deal. And, and I don't know if he'd agree to that. So mm-hmm. you've got some questions right there on your defensive line. You go to the linebacker spot, they've got to find somebody next to, to play next to Roquan Smith. Uh, so you've got questions about stopping the run. They had about a three, four game stretch, uh, in October in where they were very poor against the run and, and then they shored it up. And, and I credit the defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, because Hicks has missed a ton of football this season. Uh, Goldman has flashed at times when I talk to people around the league. But he's also played very poorly uh, at times as well. It's, it's been a little uh, perplexing, I know, for some of these teams that have prepared to play the Bears. They're not sure which Eddie Goldman is going to show up on Sunday. So, so that's an issue. Yeah, this, the Seahawks were able to move the ball on the ground against them. I don't know that the Giants present the same level uh, of threat. Saquon Barkley uh, is not the same player he was since he suffered that uh, – major knee injury at Soldier Field uh, against the Bears. And, and they're, uh, you know, the Giants have been okay at times running the ball this season, guys, but that's not a uh, that's not a consistent effort. They're 27th in, in yards per game and, and 25th uh, in yards per carry. So uh, the offense there has been just a total mess. So I said the Bears have only scored 26 offensive touchdowns. The Giants have 22 <laughs> And that's in fifteen. And that, that's in that's in fifteen games. And go back over the six last six games, guys. The Giants have scored 10, 13, 9, 21, 6, and ten points. That's Man. eleven and a half points per game. Man. <clears throat> Biggs. With all that being said, Bears Giants frigid temperatures Sunday down at Soldier Field. What is your score prediction? I think the Bears win this game by double digits, guys. Uh, the Giants are uh, uh, reportedly going to use both Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm at quarterback. Fromm was terrible last week in a blowout loss to the Eagles. He's, he's a weak-armed quarterback. He's the guy that was the starter at Georgia when Justin Fields transferred to Ohio State. Uh, the Bears have played uh, well enough on defense to, to really, I think, give this Giants team a whole lot of trouble. It could be a uh, historic day for Robert Quinn when you consider that entering this game, guys, Robert Quinn has 99 and a half career sacks. Mm. So he's right on the verge of of reaching triple digits. He has 17 sacks for the season, so he's a half sack away from tying Richard Dent for the single season uh, record in Bears history. And he's a half sack behind T.J. Watt of the Pittsburgh Steelers for the league lead. Mm-hmm. So Robert Quinn in one day could top 100 sacks in the NFL, pass Richard Dent for the greatest season uh, as a pass rusher in, in, in team history, and he could uh, claim the league lead uh, in sacks with, with one game to play. So there's really a lot going on there. And I, and I can't remember who brought the point up I heard it either earlier this week or, or last week, but Dent had that amazing season in 1984 with 17 sacks. The Bears were 
just kicking ass then. Mm-hmm. You know, they were blowing people out. So you get in the third and fourth quarter and the opponent's throwing the football and Dent and all those other guys had a chance to pin their ears back and just hunt the quarterback. The Bears haven't been playing with big leads in the second half very often this season. And so I think that makes what Quinn has accomplished uh, even more impressive. Guys, uh, that's a long-winded way of saying I think the Bears win, uh, and, I, and I picked uh, 20 to 10. Yeah, he, his year has been unbelievable. And the yeah. effort that he's played with, too, on run plays and just the leadership he's shown there. After last year, Biggs, uh, we were, everybody, I'll speak for myself, was really disappointed in the way he played last year. Obviously, the injuries, the rumors and stuff. But, uh, and then, you know, Mike Glennon, one of the stars in the, in the movie, The Curious Case of Ryan Pace. But, uh, we'll let you go, Biggs. <laughs> Happy New Year, man, to you and the family. Enjoy the burgers and, and enjoy the games. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Let's do it again soon in uh, 2022. Yes, sir. Happy New Year, man. Hey, guys, it's Olin Cruz, and I want to tell you about Tequila Embajador, the official tequila of the No Name Podcast. Whether it's celebrating a big win or just kicking back after work, adding tequila embajador takes every gathering to the next level. The care, quality, and patience put into each and every bottle of tequila embajador can be tasted from the first sip to the last. And it's why we're honored to call them our teammates. Go to their website, embajadortequila.com, and use the code Kick off 10 and receive your discount on your next purchase of Tequila Embajador, the official tequila of the No Name Podcast. Well, that does it for our show today on the No Name Football Podcast. We thank all of our listeners for listening and supporting us on all the social media platforms. Make sure you download our podcast. We're on all the platforms, Spotify, iTunes, whatever your choices. Make sure you download it. Make sure you tell your friends and family. Give us a rating if you like. Hopefully, it's a five-star rating. But if not, give us a rating anyway. Uh, we liked your uh, feedback and criticism, that uh, things we can improve on upon our show. But before we go, as usual... Man, I want to suit up right now. In the words of the great Mike Brown, you guys keep making plays in life, and we'll keep making these great podcasts for you. We're out, and we'll see you next time, Chicago. Take care. God bless. Mahalo.